Hey, everybody, I'm Fran Frischella, and welcome to World of Basketball. This is our 35th episode, and we are having fun bringing you uh, basketball guests from every corner of the basketball world. In fact, we're helping shrink the globe, if you will, by bringing you players, coaches, and executives from around the basketball world, and we try to touch on every continent except Antarctica. Not much basketball down there, but uh, everywhere we can go to bring you uh, interesting people to talk about the game that we love and the game that has brought so many of us together. Uh, if you like what we're doing, uh, check out, uh, rate us and subscribe uh, to this show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're part of the Sirius XM podcast network and if you want to go back and hear any of the 35 episodes we've already recorded with people like jeff van gundy andrew gaze from australia the great aussie and so many others uh you'll be able to go back and listen if you download the sirius xm app and you'll be able to find all those uh all those uh, uh great podcasts we've done already today's guest is western kentucky hilltopper charles bassey He's a young man that I once watched play uh, about five or six years ago now. I guess it's about six years ago. He was 14 years old. I had a, a friend of mine by the name of actually Frank Burleson, who's one of the great basketball uh, recruiting service gurus in the country. He's a California guy. And he called me up and he said, hey, if you're not doing anything on Sunday, come out, come out to this gym in Dallas where I live, and I'm going to show you a 14-year-old kid who's as good as I've seen. I went out there. I watched Charles play, followed his career. Um, he signed at Western Kentucky, and now uh, it's having a great junior year after battling back from a severe knee injury as a sophomore. But uh, he's one of the best defensive players in the country. He will be on many uh, lists for All-American candidates and the National Defensive Player of the Year. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy what he has to say. Um, terrific young man. One of the things that um, I love about what we do is just pointing out the, the, the globe of basketball. And uh, Charles is Nigerian, came over here, I says, as I said, when he was 14 to go to high school. And the interesting thing about African basketball, the, the continent itself, because it is a big place, is that the infrastructure there is getting better and better. Uh, NBA Africa has had a big part in this. Uh, a future uh, podcast guest, in fact, in the near future coming up, Amadou Fall, who uh, was an NBA scout, ran NBA Africa. Now he he will run the Africa Basketball League, uh, which is going to be the first professional league on the continent. Um, he and so many people have devoted their time, energy, and effort, and in many cases, financial support to growing that sport on the continent of Africa. When you think of Nigerian basketball, the first name that comes to mind is Akim Olajuwon, who was a great player at University of Houston and, of course, the Houston Rockets. A lot of people don't realize that Giannis Atetokounmpo is Nigerian. Bam Adebayo, Victor Oladipo, Andre Iguodala, uh, Al Farouk Aminu, another guy. All these guys uh, come from uh, Nigerian backgrounds. Uh, there have been two Nigerian players Drafted number one overall in the NBA draft. One, Olajuwon was a huge steal, a star, I should say. And Michael Oluwakandi from the University of Pacific. That didn't work out so well. Um, last year's NBA draft, uh, there were eight players with a Nigerian background, at least eight that we know of, but uh, eight for sure that were drafted. Isaac Okoro, Anyeka Akangwu, Precious Achua, Zeke Njali, Udoka Azabuki, Desmond Bain, uh, 
Daniel Oturo and Jordan Wara. Uh, and to my mind, I think they've all stuck with teams. Uh, of, the, of all those players, uh, Achua and Azubuki were born in Nigeria. And it's the first time that two players born in that country were selected in the first round. Um, when we talk about the Nigerian national team, Epe Yudo, who played at Baylor, uh, Josh Kogi from the T-Wolves, uh, Chimezi Metu, who played at USC, uh, Azubuki, Wara. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a renaissance. Uh, the NBA Global Academy is finding many of these kids and sending them to be educated in Australia at the Academy Center there where they also go to high school. And we're seeing a lot of these kids pop up and uh, play college basketball. So uh, we'll get into more detail on basketball on the continent of Africa with Amadou Fall in, a, in, a, in, a, in the coming weeks. And he'll explain this. But uh, Chris Tyler, my, my cohort, um, Charles Bassey, a delightful young man. And I think people are going to really enjoy what he has to say about his journey, his injury that he's had to overcome, and then this terrific season he's having for Western Kentucky. Yeah, in the past week, I went back and uh, and watched a few of his games from earlier on in the season. And what a tremendous player he is. Built, he's quick, runs the floor really hard. And man, just just a force defensively. Not only is he going to block your shot if, if he's anywhere close to you, but he's going to scoop up that board as well. Offensively, he's he's okay. He can he can dunk the hell out of the ball. His mid-range yeah. is okay. And as you mentioned in the interview as well, he's really working on his three-point shot. That's an area that he's definitely getting better at. And a, an area of his game that I really like that I wasn't expecting him to be so good at is his free-throw shooting. And the fact that he's such a good free-throw shooter, I think he's in the yes. 70s. Uh, 70, 71%, something like that, which for a, a big guy who's still relatively raw, still relatively new to the game, to have that sort of percentage on the free throw line is really promising. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. I, I noticed that, that he's expanded his game. It's, the percentage is not high from the three, but I think everything you said about him eventually becoming maybe a stretch big when he gets to the next level is accurate. You know, what guys like him who run that way, I called those guys the unknown runner because they will run full speed, never knowing whether, whether their teammates are going to throw the ball to them. Yeah. But they'll keep running to the rim, and what happens is they suck the defense in, and in his case, it opens up the floor for uh, 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 some of the players that he's, you know, that he's played with. Uh, Tavion, uh, I think it's Hollingsworth, who's a terrific senior, Josh Anderson. They have a good team. Uh, they have a team that should be in the NCAA tournament. I, I totally agree with you about your assessment. But you'll find, I think, a delightful young guy. Um, he tells you his story about uh, emigrating to the United States, his basketball career, and his basketball future. So without further ado, uh, Western Kentucky Hilltopper Charles Bassey coming your way now. First of all, Charles, welcome to the world of basketball. I'm anxious to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Good. So, hey, take I, I noticed this. We're going to start off on a on a sad note, because last December 7th, you suffered. A, uh, you were in the midst of a great season and yeah. you suffered an injury. And uh, just tell me how how it just go back a little bit. Eleven, 13 months. What you remember about getting hurt? I think it was against Arkansas, right? Yeah. You go down and just tell me what went through your mind as you were as you got injured. You know, as soon as I fell down, I knew it was bad. Because uh, I was I, my play and my teammates were like, come on, get up, man, get up. I'm like, nah, this this is bad. Cause I felt my knee swell up instantly. I was feeling uh I was feeling a quick pain. Uh it was a pain I've never felt before. And I'm like, nah, this is bad. So uh, you know, we went to the training room, 
put ice on it. So we the next thing we, we did an MRI and we know uh, it says I fractured my tibia plate. I was gonna be out for nine to like close to eleven months. So that was that was devastating. But you know, the player, it's 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 something you just got to just uh, rehab and just uh, get yourself back, which I did. Which was, was tough, you know. Uh, he was he was uh, working every day, rehabbing every day. So it, it was tough, but you know I did it. My my teammates, my friends, my family were there, and so I got back. And, and today, thirteen months later, you're playing great, but no pain. Uh, everything's good. No, everything is good, man. No pain, you know. Obviously, good. thanks to the doctor that did my surgery, you know, uh, Doctor Lowe from Houston. Yes. Uh, yeah. So you know, no pain, playing freely, I'm all good right now. Knee, my knee's good. So I saw some video of you and your trainer, John John Irwin. Yeah. I bet you became best buddies, right? Best buddies, man. We were together for even throughout the old pandemic since, since since March. We was together till like August, you know. We, we just we go we, we were doing it every day, you know. Even when I got injured, yes. uh, the first the first two, three weeks after the surgery, you know, you know, after surgery your knees gets hurt. So uh my knee was in this machine for like the first two, three weeks. So, you know, I'm always in there for like six to eight hours right. from morning to like the evening, just don't rehab with him. You know, I just, and I just realized that just putting those hours in just made me um uh go more time ahead of my recoil, my time scale, you know? Yes. So just being in there, just those times just helped me a lot too. When I, my experience with trainers and injured players is they get like, it's like a love hate relationship. Some days you love him and some days you hate him. Did you have that same feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like, you know, <laughs> you just feel like every day when you go when you go with your trainer, there's some certain level you gotta do. So like today, we might like, okay, this is the exercise we're gonna do. And then we do this, and then you you feel like, yeah, I can do this. Then you move to the next level. So just just moving to that next level, it's gonna be a different kind of pain. Are you gonna be like, man, just just yeah, so just that just kind of stuff, you know. That's great. Now you, I think you got cleared probably in July, well, June or July to start practicing. Yeah, I, or yeah, I got cleared in July. You know, before before July, I was feeling. I was feeling it like I was telling him like, "Yo, I'm feeling good." You know, let me just start like shooting shooting with my teammates before before they even get back. Before they get back, I was shooting it. You know, let me just start moving a little bit and stuff. So yeah, I, I was I was clear for non-contact stuff in July. Yeah, I heard. I heard a rumor that you were crying when you first got back on the court. Is that true? I mean, I didn't. I didn't cry in, in there. When you know, when I went back, when after the game, I went back yeah. to my room. I had to call my family. Yes. Uh, so yeah. So it's, it's just emotion. I was emotional, you know. Well, I I also meant that you. I, I heard you were crying when you went back on the court when you started practicing again. That's not true, is it? Or are you just very happy? That's not. I was just happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That's good. How how were your teammates during your rehabilitation? How, what kind yeah, of support uh, did they give you? Man, it was a lot. You know, we had a we had like a group chat where we talk, and then they were just like pushing me every day. You know, like come on, they were just because they call me CB, so they're like, come on, CB, you got this, man. We're gonna need you. Just keep pushing. You know, try the whole pandemic. They were just giving me positive vibes. My team, my friends, the coaches, and my family. You know, everybody was just stuck around me. They were just texting me and just giving me this. Uh, positive energy every day, so that that got me going too. So, yeah, that's good. So you you just the you practice, the season starts. You go up to South Dakota. That's a long way from Lagos, right? Yeah, South Dakota is a little different than Lagos. 
Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> yeah, it's way different. <laughs> I know, I know. So you get back on the court first against Northern Iowa, and then you have this monster game against Penny Hardaway and Memphis, 21-14-7. Yeah. What was that feeling like? Yeah, I, I just felt like, you know, when I go on the court, the first, the first against Northern Iowa, my reading, everything, it was just coming back. You know, I was I was not feeling it against Northern Iowa. You know, I was telling the coaches, this is just my first game back. Just let me just get through my groove, you know. Uh, and then after the game, you know, I was I was talking to my teammates. I was like, you know, so I know I didn't play good today, but, you know, tomorrow I already, I already feel what I'm supposed to feel. My reading is already back. Tomorrow I'm going to have a good game. So the next day I just I just went off. You know, I told my teammates I'm back. And they won't believe me. They looked at me like, bro, you're back. You're back. Yeah, that's cool. What, 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 when you, you go back and think about that game, because it was also a big win for the Hilltoppers. When you think about that game, that was like what we call in America, your coming out party. Like, you know, here I am. I'm, you know, I'm back. When you run it up and down the court, do you remember saying things like that to yourself? Man, I, I was just saying things like, just, you know, you're going to play against one of the hardest teams in the country. Just play hard, you know, both offensively and defensively. Your teammates going to need you, you know. Just do what you do, you know. You just run the floor, rebound, block, shoot. Just do everything you do on the court, you know, because they're going to need you. So just, you know, just play with great energy. Because I mean, that's that's all, that's all I did the whole game, you know. I just I just play with the same energy from the beginning to the end. And, you know, we got the win. And I just feel like when I, when I go out there and play with you, I'm supposed to play. My teammate feeds off me, and we we, we play we play good together. Now you you're good on both ends of the floor, but you're particularly good on the defensive end, the rebounding, the shot blocking. Are those instincts? Obviously, it's been practiced too. But how did you create this mindset that I can dominate on defense? I, I just I think that's part of the game. It's just all instinct, man. Like you know, just the blocking shots, the rebound, just. It's all instinct, man. That's I just think that those kind of plays, this kind of effort plays, win, wins your games, you know, wins your championship. So yeah, I just think this is just part of the instincts, you know. Just watching some of the players in the league do that, you just feel like I want to, I want to be this kind of player. So it's yeah. not just instincts, yeah. Just, What's yeah. better, blocking a shot, knocking it into the stands, or dunking on someone? <laughs> yeah, I say both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, it's both for me. It's both because I mean, blocking the shot is just the same energy you have when you're dunking the shot. When you like dunking the ball, I mean, yeah. when, I, when I block, I like keeping the ball inbound too. So yeah, it's just like yeah, that's great. All right, so let me take you back to uh, Lagos. You grew up in Lagos, Nigeria, on the uh, on the coast, right? Lagos is a, kind of a water, right? The city is sort of on the on the water. Uh, what, in, in basketball, we know Lagos because of Hakeem Olajuwon. Is he famous in in the country? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I didn't start playing until I was twelve. Why going to know about about Hakeem until I started playing? But yeah, yeah, he's he's famous. The Hakeem Olajuwon, the I don't know if you know the Olumide Oyedeji. Oh yeah, Olumide. Yeah. yeah, yeah, those guys. You know, when Olumide had this camp in Nigeria, I went I went to the camp. Yes, as a kid when I started playing basketball. Yeah, so just kind of, I, yeah, I heard about those guys, you know, and yeah. They, Who's more famous, Hakeem or somebody from the Super Eagles? Uh, man, I'll probably say someone from the Super Eagles because, yeah. you know, in, in, in African countries, it's more, it's more of like the soccer than yes. the basketball, you know, yeah. I understand. When I, did you grow when you are you a Super Eagles fan? For, for let me explain. For those listening, the Super Eagles are the national team of Nigeria. They are a very big deal, right? Yeah. Are you, are you a Super Eagles fan when they play? 
I mean, yeah, when you play, of course, you have to support your country. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I support my, yeah, of course, you know. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure. Uh, and you played soccer growing up. Like, you, Can you still dribble a soccer ball pretty easily? Yeah, pretty easy, man. <laughs> my, yeah. Every, yeah, every, I mean, you know, sometimes I still have like a soccer ball here. So sometimes, you know, when I'm, when I'm free, I just, I just, you know, I just play sometimes, you know, just have a few for it, you know, just doing stuff I haven't done in forever, you know, just playing with it around a little bit. Yeah, I still, I still have those skills, you know. Can you dribble, I, can you dribble a basketball like on your foot, like you could a soccer ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I That's can. good. And everybody who grows up in your area, when you grew up, everybody played soccer. Yeah, it's just like growing up as a kid. You don't you don't hear anything about basketball then. Right. Even someone like, when you don't actually do play basketball, you just look at them like, what is he talking about? Or something. Right. <laughs> just like growing up in Nigeria, it's all soccer, like yeah. no basketball. So you were pretty tall. I think it was when you were twelve years old. Somebody found you, right? A coach yeah. said you need to play. Yeah. How how did uh, how did that happen? Like, how did you, you went home and told your family that someone wanted you to play basketball? How did that work? I didn't even tell my family. It was just like, I was just, like you said, I was selling fried chickens by the side of the road. And he stopped me. I'm like, man, kid, you tall. And he was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm 12. And he was like, man, you got to come stop playing basketball. And I looked at him like, man, what is he talking about? Like, I'm not playing no basketball. I'm enjoying my soccer right here. And, you know, I didn't think it was, it was very, very serious. And a couple of weeks later, I saw him. As I came back from playing soccer with my friends, and I saw him in my house talking to my parents. I was like, "How did you know my? How did you get to my house?" Like he was like my friends directing me to my house, and he was talking to my parents. And I remember being in there. My parents were like, "I don't think my son loves it. I don't think he's gonna do it." You know. So a uh, couple of weeks later, again, he found me on the uh, on the soccer field, and in the same soccer field, there was this, uh, there was a basketball court in there. And it was like, kid, just come give it a try. So, I mean, I went in there, I gave it a try, and I felt, and I just feel like, man, this this can this can go good for me, you know. And you know, I'm, I'm a quick learner too. So, he, he, the coach has had guys in there that's not even like he was trying to teach them layup, like layup the two. Yeah, he couldn't even get it. So it was like, just count two step and shoot the ball. So I went, I did two step and I made it, and I was like, is this what you're trying to tell me? And he was like. Yeah, like you did this in one day. These guys haven't, these other players don't know how to do this stuff for months. Like, just try this stuff. And I'm like, okay. Then I, I went the next day. I keep on going. I just felt love with the game. And I just keep going back and just keep learning. So someone like you, I've, I've been around basketball my whole life. Somebody like you, when you start playing, you don't have any bad habits. Nah, nah. So it, you, you. Yeah, you're just playing. You're just having fun. Just learning. Just learning with, with the coaches. Yeah. Just, yeah. Making a simple way up, two steps. Yeah, just making the simple way, two steps. <laughs> and you know, so just growing up, you know, after those practices back home, you yeah. just think about it like just when you when you go home, just going right. up alone, just moving and just doing jab, jab, step, and all this stuff. Just yeah, just doing it. Yeah, that's cool. All right, so now you get invited to uh, a, a Giants of Africa camp, uh, and it's run by Masai Ujiri, who is the president of the Toronto Raptors. And you get to go to that camp, and you were the MVP. By this time, what are you? Fourteen years old? A couple no, of years thought, later? Uh, uh, I went there twice in a row. You know, I went there twenty fourteen. No, I was fourteen. Yeah, I went there, but that, the first year I went there, I wasn't the MVP. I was just, I just, uh, I was just in the uh, the All Star game. But I felt like, man, I gotta come back 
next year and, and, and come kill this stuff, you know. So next year I got invited again, and then that's when I, I won the MVP and I won almost all the award in the uh in the uh in the camp. The camp, you know, the camp is good, man. The camp was was run by my side. I mean, one of like best that was the camp. That's where like best players in in Nigeria go to, you know, or uh, young young players who are coming up who who, who have a potential to be like one of the best players in the future go to. So I got invited there, and you know, it was my second year that I just yeah went off in the camp, and you know, my client noticed me, and he, he talked to he talked to me, he talked to my coach, and just yeah, he just. By this time, Charles, did you start to get a love for basketball? Now, once you were getting better, did you feel like this is what I like to do? Yeah, I, I just feel like even when I started, when I was playing basketball, I was still playing a little bit soccer. Still, you know, I was just yeah, I can't, I can't lose my groove, you know. But yeah, I, but when I go into it more, I was just like, I think this is what I want to do, you know. I just kept walking and just kept playing, and yeah, I just felt love for the game, and I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Were, were you ner- were you nervous when you left for the United States? I, I know it was a tough time for you. Yeah, yeah I was, I was scared, you know, because I was telling my. I remember I was telling my, my my dad and my mom I didn't want to go. You know, I can I go to another country where I don't know anybody. I'm I'm gonna get new friends and I have all my friends in Nigeria. I can't leave my friends. And I remember my dad and my mom were telling me this might be a good opportunity for like school. Uh and like, you know, just I mean, you know, they're your parents, you gotta listen. So I listen, uh uh when I when I went to the airport, when saying goodbyes is it's hard, you know, but Still, I just had to just chase my dreams, and I came here. Well, yeah, just coming here was tough, you know. It was different. Uh, you just see different people, and everything was different. I had to just adapt to the environment and just every stuff, everything in the state. Yeah, but one one thing about one thing I you know, I live in Dallas now. Uh, one thing I noticed, and I, I'm a New Yorker, so I've been around, you know, and I've been to many countries, but. The Nigerian culture is very big in the United States, right? Maybe not in Bowling Green, Kentucky, so much. <laughs> But you must run into a lot of people from from back home, right? In your yeah, travels, yeah. Uh, most of my friends that, that that we play basketball together in Nigeria, most of them is in the state. Uh, we talk and in, we we talk here, yeah, and yeah, I've run to like most. I mean, there's like most Nigerians in Atlanta and Houston and Nashville. Yeah, I've run to like a couple of them, and yeah, it, it it was you know it's it's just like it's good when you see someone like talks the same language as you and stuff. It, it's it's fun, man. You just feel like oh. I'm back in Nigeria again, you know. Just like when you when you when you get some of your some of your African dish, like some of your African food, you just feel like, yeah, I'm back home again doing what I'm doing, you know. I got it. I got it. Okay, so you when you when you're not eating the African dishes, what what have you gotten used to eating in the United States that you didn't eat when you came over? Uh man, I I, I probably eat the, the the rice in the United States, the the beans, the chicken. So I fell in love with those with those foods and you know. I go. I, I was. It was tough if I even start eating those veggies. Man, I remember coming to the states and uh, they were giving me veggies. And I'm like, I don't eat this. What's this? <laughs> I was like, I yeah. can't eat this stuff. You know, I was just like, man, back. I was like, back home, I don't eat this. What they're like, this is this is lettuce and all yeah. lettuce. I'm like, I don't eat this, man. Like, you gotta give me some. You know, you guys gotta give me some better food. Real, come, man, you know, some real food. But, yeah, yeah. But with time, I got used to like eating those kind of stuff because it's healthy. Yeah. You know, when I yeah. So, do you do you uh, you don't eat fast food? Do you do you eat hamburgers and things like that? Nah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't eat that too much. You know, I just yeah. I got used to like having a, a diet plan for me, and yeah, I you know how to get back in shape and all this stuff. 
So I have to just get back with my with a, with a dietitian, have my diet plan, and just yeah, just follow my diet. I mean, I have a, I have a cheat meal like once or twice a week. But, I understand. Yeah. yeah, you cheat a little. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, so now when I saw you play when you were fourteen, you were skinny, right? You were running, jumping. So you filled out in six years, right? But weren't you, you probably were skinny when I saw you at the Pangos camp. Yeah. I know you were dunking on everybody, but everybody was amazed. I, I drove over to see you because someone said, this is the best 14 year old I've ever seen. <laughs> so, uh, but you filled out since then. And um, tell me about how you, uh, how, your basketball, like what, what's a, what's a, when you're not practicing and you're healthy, how much time are you spending in the gym? What do you work on? What are the things that you feel like you want to keep improving on? Uh, when I'm not in the gym, you know, um, I watch a lot of film. Uh, even like when I was when I was injured, when I was injured, uh, after like my rehab session and all this stuff, I just go back and watch uh, films and like my past, like the eight games I played before I got injured and just see what I was going to do better this year. Yeah, so when I'm doing things, after every game, I just watch my film. I see what I could do better and just go back to the court and just work on this stuff. Like, you know, just work on my shooting, which is which is getting better. Uh just work more, work more on my post moves and just just work more on stuff that I know I, I need to work on and just just watching film every day helps helps me with that. I know watching being a student of the game is part of the game. So just doing this stuff every time helps it's helping the game. Yeah, and, and speaking of being a student of the game, are there NBA players you watch to learn from? Uh, who who do you do you model your game after? Anybody? I watch AD all day. Yeah, I watch. Yeah, I watch Anthony Davis. Man, you know, I love the way he plays as a big. You know, the way the way he brings the ball up, the way he shoots it, the way like he he impacts the game both offensively and defensively. You know, he blocks shots and just all yeah. that stuff. He he has a good timing to when he blocks shots. So. Yeah, I love watching Anthony Davis play. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good role model. Anybody yeah. else that anybody else that you anybody else that you watch, uh, you you'll probably be a defensive player if you play in the NBA, which looks like a it's going to happen. But uh, any anything that what what do you think you would bring to an NBA team if you're fortunate enough? What I'll bring to I mean, I'll, I'll you know what I'll bring to an NBA team, you know, like you said, uh, the defensive the defensive stuff. With twenty team, but uh, and then well, with my offense, it's just gonna it's just gonna come with time, you know, just being the league working and just stuff. Yeah, so when I just gain the NBA, I'm gonna have to play my role. But with time, practicing with the team and them seeing what I have in my bag, yeah, my offense is just gonna come with time. Yeah, I know you. I know you got that three point down. That <laughs> shot can get better, but it's coming, right? It's, it's coming, man. It's actually yeah. yeah, it's coming. Yeah, it's, but like <laughs> I said, man, just going to the league, I'm going to have to play my role. But just with time, everything's yeah. Gone. You know, I always tell I, I always tell young players in the NBA, there's 25 stars and 425 role players, and you know what they call role players? What? Multi-millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just feel like those just those role players is, is important to the team. You know, you you know your job, you know what you have to do. I just when when your name gets called because you're gonna be ready. And I just feel like going in there, I'm gonna be ready, even though I don't get a start, all that stuff. That don't matter. I just wanna win. As as a player, I just wanna win for my team. You know, I'm just gonna do anything to win. So just yeah, 
It's kind of tough. Yeah. You you've had to handle a couple different adversities this year, fighting the injury to come back, and also the the COVID virus, which everybody in the world is dealing with. From a mental standpoint, you know, like you know, you put your head on a pillow at night, and you wake up in the morning, you go to practice, and um, what what mentally, how how has it been for you and your teammates to go through? This crazy year, no one's ever experienced. Uh, I mean, first of all, I'll say I'll, I'll probably say the COVID probably did a little bit help for me because that helped my my trainer, my uh, my uh, strength and conditioning coach focused on me. So I just feel like earlier it was I'll probably say it was a blessing for me because they had to just focus on me and me alone getting back. But yeah, just with the COVID, just my teammates coming back, we knew it wasn't going to be easy. Uh, even when they come, when our conference said we're going to play back-to-back games, we knew it was going to be all mental. And we just got to get ourselves ready and just stuff like that. Even in practice, you know, we knew not, not, um, nothing this year is going to be easy. So we just, we just gonna, man, we're just going to have to play games when we're even tired. And that's going to, that's going to, be, the, that's going to be the mental part. So we just, even though we're tired, we've got to still win games. That's what, yeah. that's what good teams do. So, well, you have a good it. team. You got Josh and Tavion back for their whole careers. And now, are you guys starting, even though it's a crazy season, are you starting to talk about the NCAA tournament? I know you don't want to look ahead, but come on now. You got to be thinking about going to Indianapolis, right? Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I, since then I've been here, we've, not, we've not, not been there. But, you know, the goal is just just progress every game. Like like our coach said, the important the next the next game is the important game. So we just look at every game and just like progress and just you know just uh, just win every game as as much as we can just to get to that stage. Which of course every that that's every player's dream to play in the NCAA tournament, and I want to play in it. So, but before that, we just gotta take care of our business every game and just to get to that point. Still got we still gotta get a championship ahead of us before we even get there. So. Yeah, and I That's believe good. in our team. I well, know we can do it. The, the Hilltoppers have a good shot blocker, so you have a good chance <laughs> to get there. <laughs> I know we do. Hey, uh, Coach Coach Stansberry's been a friend of mine a long time. He's a family man. He loves his family. Uh, he's a good coach. What kind of mentor has he been for you? What kind of personality is he? You know, uh, I just remember coming in my freshman year. It's just everything was, you know, everything was a little bit fast for me. And he was just telling me, he was like, kid, you're going to have to see the next play real quick. You know, this is no more high school. It, it, it was it was tough for me, just like every coach would when 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 they, when they love a player, just want you to get better in practices and just stuff like that. Just seeing the next play and just, you know, I just think that being here for the old, even my three years has, has helped me a lot, both offensively and defensively. So the game, you know, the, the pace of the game, I'm, I'm, I'm used to it right now. Yeah, just 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 stuff, you know. And just I just think that during my freshman year, he talked to me about like playing hard every possession, which I I didn't get then, but I just I just realized right now, which I get right now, and which I do every time, every possession. I just feel like every possession is as important as just winning the game. Just getting one stop might be might be the the time of the game. Just yeah, so just just you just want all you got every game. So yeah. You give it. I know you give it. Um, another thing I was thinking about is for somebody like you, uh, um, do you, has the game slowed down for you? Do you see the game so different than when you walked in as a freshman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, I just I saw, I saw see the game different, you know, just walking as a freshman, you've been there with the team and just stuff like that. Yeah, so just, I mean, you see the game different. You even see the next play before it happens. So you just, you just got to get your mind ready and 
just stuff like that. So just those kind of stuff helping the game to seeing seeing the play before it happens. And when teams are pl- trying to play you this way, in your mind you're like, oh, so this is how you want to play me. You seeing the next play happen, you just trick right. the team too. So just yeah. Yeah, do you think uh, – I'm trying to think back to your freshman year. Do you make, did you make mistakes that you look back on now and go, man, I, that, that was so stupid, like foul trouble? I mean, yeah, I just, I, just, I just think that what I've got better in my game is just my maturity level in the game. You know, coming in, in my freshman year, I complain like, oh, I don't get the ball and all this. Ball. You know, but I mean, coming back to you right now, I just feel like, you know, I just knew I can impact the game in so many levels. You know, as a young kid, I just, I didn't, because coming in high school, when you're one of the best players, and you get the ball every time, you know, and then you go into college and you're like, man, I don't get the ball. What's going on? And all <laughs> but yeah, just right now with, with me, with I've been here for, for three years, I'm the maturing of my game. I just feel like, you know, even though I don't get the ball, which I get the ball, but at some moment I don't get it, but I can't impact the game in, in, in a different level, blocking shots, giving my energy, giving my team a different energy. Or getting an offensive rebound and putting it back in, or running the floor and creating open shots for my teammates. So just stuff like that. I just feel like I think uh, other people sees that stuff and like, oh yeah, this kid is doing something amazing. I just feel like that's that that's what improving my game. Like I don't, I don't complain no more. I just I just feel like that's going better. Like I'm just I just play hard till the whole game is over, and I just think that that's that's been the maturity in my game, and that's that's been better. Just my effort plays and yeah. Yeah. I, I have a secret for you. In the history of basketball, every big man thinks he should get the ball more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not alone. It's that's everybody does that. All right. So now you might not remember this because you're young, but like 25 years ago, there were very few international players in the NBA. And this season, there were players from over 40 different countries. When you, when you watch the game as someone who grew up, you know, uh, in Nigeria and came here, do you notice all the different players that come from around the world when you're watching? Uh, yeah, like I said, like, we, kids from, you know, kids from Europe, kids from Africa, they, they, got, they got talent. Like, just, just uh, yeah, this year, was it this year or last year? Yeah, last year, like, it was six or seven kids from Nigeria got drafted. Yeah, so just seeing, yeah. Yeah, seeing stuff like that, I think yeah, like uh, Africans are getting are getting the the um the opportunity they're supposed to get, you know, uh, then they're improving, they're getting better every day, and just just seeing that just makes you makes you want to be like, yeah, I gotta get to that position too, you know, and uh, just just kids from Europe too, uh, yeah, just the international kids are, are, are in the league right now are getting better and, and they're doing good, so I just feel like yeah, I, I'm proud I'm, I'm proud of being an international player. Yeah, and a Nigerian player because when I was coaching in college, one thing about Nigerian players, they always play hard. Yeah. And when you when you look last year, right, Okoro and uh, Daniel Oturo from Minnesota, yeah, all these guys that from my, Nigerian. My yeah, my boy, my boy, I knew Precious Achua. Precious Achua, of course. Yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> I mean, if you think about all those guys, they play with a high motor, right? So that you have to carry on that tradition. Yeah, man, like, it's like, like, we, like, you know, the Nigerian kids, like, they work hard, like, you know, they, they want to learn every time, even though they know they, uh, they're not doing what they're doing on the court, you know, they want to get better, they work hard, the work ethic is different, and I just feel like them doing that, just, and just all the Nigerian kids seeing them doing that, seeing them as a role model, they just want to do the same thing, and I know they get, they get message, 
in their DMs, like I get just like, man, I'm watching you, you my role model and all this stuff. Just, you know, seeing kids from other country, just telling you that stuff once makes you go harder and be like, I can be some of that kid, you know? Yeah. So, man, yeah, that's, that's good. good. You got you got good role models that you're gonna follow now, you know. Well, if you if you uh, uh, do you see yourself going back to Nigeria and doing camps and things like that someday, like yeah, yeah. I did with you? Yeah, that's for sure. That that's bad. That's home. That's home for me, man. That's yeah. where I grew up, you know. You have to give back to the community where you're from, you know. Just because kids are gonna need this opportunity too, so just yeah, that's, that's for sure. I'm gonna have to go back. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, listen, we we uh, we thank you so much, Charles, for coming on World of Basketball. Um, we we love. I love watching you play. When I when I peek at the TV, I do the Big Twelve, so I concentrate on the Big Twelve. But when I can, I watch a little Conference USA and see Thanks. you dominating. So don't lose that energy. That's going to nah. take you a long way. And uh, stay healthy. And we wish you all the best of luck this season. Okay, keep keep it going. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Well, many thanks to Charles Bassey, the young man from Western Kentucky, Nigerian-born, uh, will likely play in the NBA if he stays healthy and, and uh, he's going to finish up his career, I think, on an uptick in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, keep in mind, this was our 35th episode. If you like what we're doing uh, with World of Basketball, subscribe and rate it, rate it on Apple Podcasts. Um, any of the any of the uh Previous 34 episodes that we've taped, you can find them on the Sirius XM Podcast Network. Just, just subscribe to the new Sirius XM app, and you'll have all of the content that we've already had and so many other uh, cool pods that are up on the Sirius XM Network. Uh, so we really appreciate your support in that regard. We loved it today. Thank you, Charles Bassey. And as we talk about every week, I can't wait for next week where I can bring you to another place in my world of basketball. Serious XM Podcasts.